0: Hi everyone, Terry Welbrock of the Healing Place podcast. Just wanted to touch base before today's episode and powerful conversation. We recorded it in September, uh, which is Suicide Awareness Month, uh, and it's coming out here in October. Uh, but we always need to be aware of uh, of suicide and and those who who might be hurting and struggling. So. Um just wanted to reiterate that critical, important message of uh, supporting one another and being there for one another and knowing the signs and what resources are available for uh, helping those who might be struggling. All right. Such a great, fun, funny conversation today. I love this conversation. So I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. A little PS too is if you are on TikTok, be sure to find Terry Walbrock on TikTok as well. I'm doing an Understanding Aces series right now, which is pretty awesome. Uh, So yeah, be sure to go check that out uh, on TikTok. Thanks. Now for the show. Welcome everybody to the Healing Place podcast. I'm your host Terry Welbrock, and so very excited to have with me today, Megan Judge, and she is mental health advocate, trauma survivor, and podcast host. Uh, Judging Megan, so welcome. Hi Terry, so nice to be on your show. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely! You and I were just celebrating the fact your show is in the top one percent. Woohoo! That's my goal, and uh, you're gonna yeah, do it. Big, big kudos to you for, for reaching that, because I think the
1: work you do, the the light you're shining is so very needed in this world. A hundred percent and vice versa. Like the more people that we get talking about mental health and trauma and overcoming trauma, the better off we, we will be as a society and it won't be frowned upon and people won't be so opinionated on it. So that's my life's mission. Yes.
0: Well, I remember the first time I went to put my truths out there, Mm -hmm. uh, I just decided to put my toe in the water a little bit and put some stuff out on Facebook. And 95% of the people were just so embracing or private messaged me and said, oh, my God, me too. But then you had that little small percentage that was just like, la, 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 we don't want to talk about this. We don't want to hear it. Don't know. No. And so but gosh, putting our putting
1: the truth about trauma out there. A hundred percent. I love that you pointed that out because, um, I put, I do put like my whole life out there and except my kids, I try not to really put my kids out there because that's not their choice. I might tell stories sometimes on the podcast about being a mom, but, um, I have had people like, give me like, it's almost like people don't believe you. It's a weird thing. It's like you said, 95% of people are like, that's great. And you don't, some people just don't say anything and that's fine. But the people that like, kind of like go after you, I don't know if you've had that happen. It's very strange. I'm like, uh, I that's, that's about you, you know? Yes. It doesn't happen often, but it has happened to me. To be honest with
0: you. I've had a few, especially with my mom's addiction, and when we were traveling through that, and uh, she's she's now four years sober at eighty six. But mm-hmm. you know, when I started to first put that journey out there, mm-hmm. it was. Not even like close relatives, but like distant relatives that were like, oh, my God, I cannot believe you're airing your dirty laundry. And it was like, no, this is helping other people who have grown up with uh, alcoholism or drug addiction or whatever in their households and the trauma that
1: that, that the impact that has. It's also a generational thing. So like my mom's generation or or like you know whoever's generation up until really recently people I would say covid was when people were like I'm tired of pushing this down I'm talking about it. So that's one really good thing that came out of it, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: For sure. Do you mind sharing your your story of from trauma to
1: triumph? No, not at all. So um it's a mouthful. So like I'm going to tell your listeners um sit back. Um so, um, and stop me. Cause I, sometimes I hate it when I have people come on and they like just spill their guts and you're like, we have a, we have a long period of time to talk about this. Um, you like to kind of like break it up. So if you want, want to stop me, please do. You, yeah. You um, tell it however you feel you need to tell it. Okay. So my trauma really started for me at the age of two. So I was like a little younger than two. And my mom, um, my little sister had a very rare liver disease, which now they actually can operate on, but at the time they could not. So my sister, Amora had come back from the hospital. She had just had a surgery. It wasn't a major surgery. It was a minor surgery, um, something with the Billy Rubin. I don't know what the actual surgery was, but, um, my mom went upstairs to get her out of her crib and she had passed. And so my mom, she was nine months and I was less than two because we were nine months apart. And, um, my mom was in such agony and shock that she ran downstairs out onto the lawn, screaming hysterical. Um, the paramedics like ambulances came and I just was stuck in a high chair. So, um, I think I I know from talking to my mom that eventually a neighbor came over and helped, um, my dad and my older sisters were at doing something. And so they weren't home. And that really was the start of what I've been diagnosed as in the past several years as my, my journey with complex PTSD. Um, so I went on to just always be from that age. Like, you know, I was completely potty trained. I was a happy baby, didn't really have issues, completely went backwards. So needed to be re potty trained. Um, was very fussy after that. I was, I turned into a really hard, hard toddler. Um, and I was having like reoccurring dreams up until like I was about 10 that I took my baby sister, walked her down a hallway, and flushed her down a toilet. Oh. So, yeah, so the amount of trauma that they did to my young brain, because they say, you know, the first three years of a human being's life, if there's trauma, it's like the worst time actually, because your brain. And the development isn't there, you know, to be able to deal and function with it. So um, I went on to like, you know, have some issues in, in school and, you know, was running away, like that kind of stuff. I was a hard, kind of a hard kid after that. And when I turned um, 12, my dad, who was the best, was diagnosed with leukemia. So he suffered and went through three rounds of chemotherapy and he died nine months later. And he was this like funny, fun, outgoing, like everybody in our neighborhood would come to our house. We were like the fun house. Um, So that happened. And then my mom remarried a psychotic, abusive stepfather (laughs) and he was an alcoholic. And very hated my brother and I, who were the two that were still at home at the time. And um it was really hard. And then I kind of was sent away to boarding school and all that stuff. But I had met my very best friend the day after my dad passed away. Her name was Julie, and we were like, the best of friends. If, and I say a lot on the podcast, I talk about soulmate mates and signs and all of that stuff. And I have always said soulmates don't have to be a husband or a lover. Mm -hmm. They can be a best friend or so I, to this day, I'm like, she was my soulmate anyways. She, um, she got pregnant in her twenties And was married, newly married, and they got pregnant with my godson and she went into the hospital to go and went into labor and they injected, like went to put the epidural, but they didn't connect the two tubes. So the strep virus got into the tubes and her, basically what happened was her brain swelled because it got into her spinal cord and I had to fly cross country two days later, cause she was declared ba- brain dead. Um, so I, uh, my first like 30 years of my life were just extremely, extremely, extremely traumatic. Just, it was like every decade I expected something to happen and I've kind of gone on throughout, I've kind of gone on to be like that. And really what happened was like, long story short, I ended up kind of escaping all of this stuff and being like, I'm married, I have a, I'm happily married. Thank God. I have a great husband and I live in by the beach in Southern California and I had two babies. Um, you know, I did have some fertility issues because, um, I had struggled with an eating disorder for several years, but in my teens and twenties, but I was okay, you know, and I was like, Oh, everything's fine. I'm not, I don't have anything wrong with me. Like I don't need to go into therapy. I'm, I'm happy. I live by the beach and I met all these like mom friends. And I thought I was like really having this great life, (coughs) excuse me. And then what happened was there was a horrific woman that I thought was my closest friend. And she was just a total mean girl. And she like Planned this trip and didn't include me, and then all the other friends took sides. And what it did was, it made me like really isolate and really go into a place where I trusted this person. I have massive, I had massive abandonment issues, and she just didn't care and hurt me, and has never apologized, never. Well, which is awful. But a bunch of women just like pounced and then it was on. And then after that happened, like, you know, to make this as brief as possible, I ended up realizing I didn't want to be here anymore. And so one day I was sitting on the beach with my two kids and, you know, it was like all I ever dreamed about as a young girl was to be a mom and, you know, have two little girls. And I was at my favorite place in the world, which is the beach looking out. And I just said, I'm done. I don't want to be here anymore. I can't. And that's when I really just was like, I'm not going out this way, you know? And, and I got, I was already in therapy, but I, I really decided to take my life back. And that's when I started my podcast. And that's kind of like long story short where I am today. Wow. Wow. One, there was so much to
0: that that I related to <laughs> because the last part about the friendship, I, I had a go. Or I had a friend for seven years that was my best friend that oh. just ghosted me, and man, the abandonment issues that came up from that. And I, of all the traumas I've been through from rape and sexual molestation and mm-hmm. bank robberies and murder and all of that, that was the one that like was the 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 cherry on top of the crap cake because it was because i had literally like given her my heart as a friend where the other people, you know, they, they were just, you know, bank robbers or creepy neighbors or whatever, but this was someone I had entrusted. So, wow, that really spoke to me and my heart hugs yours for.
1: Having I know that. I, I love I, I'm it's when I meet women, to be honest with you, I've, ha- I, I have more women come up to me or, you know, that listeners that are people I know that are like that happened to me too. It's it's a crazy thing, but it is interesting that you say that because I went through all that other stuff and I was still on the planet, like the death of my dad, the death of my very best friend who was my whole world. But what I found was I was trying to replace Julie with somebody that wasn't Julie, and it really had nothing to do with me because I'm a freaking good friend. Like my friends that I have or I've known my whole life will tell you I'm a good friend, but the worst part about that was is like. I live in, even though I live by the beach, it was like a pylon of women that took sides and be and like being like, oh, she's crazy because she's upset and hurt because she wasn't included. And this is somebody that like our families, we spent every weekend with them going to the beach. We, you know, I she would say I was her closest friend. And then it was like, I was just dropped, you know, and hurt and that pain, like you talk about, Was the worst kind of pain I have ever experienced in my life because I have spent so much of my life trying to like make other people laugh and be relevant, you know, like be the center of attention and be fun at parties and be like fun, Megan. And then it was like everybody that wanted to be my friend and thought I was fantastic and fabulous and would come to my giant party I threw for charity every year. They just all went, Goodbye. We're done. You're crazy. I called somebody a bad name at a party because I was I was drinking a lot that I lean on alcohol like a lot of trauma survivors do and um I called somebody a name cuz she kind of grabbed me by my ribs and I snapped and it was when I was going through like the thick of the betrayal because the girl that basically dumped me her new best friend was there that she had replaced my family with the other girl's family like we were just completely erased and um, and I called this person. I'm not going to cuss on your podcast, but it, an effing loser. And then the next thing you know, this girl that I call the queen of all Karens, um, she was so desperate to be relevant in this like group and society, which is so stupid. We're all in our forties. Um, she just trashed me. She trashed me to the admin of my kids' school. My kids are in Catholic school. Oh my god! It was awful. It was awful. So. Hence, why all of the like boiled up trauma, like came to a boiling point. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, I and I, I just have a question. I'm, I'll put you on the spot, but you can always just say no. Do you think that that happened, so that it was I don't know, you know, an angel whisper or God kicking the butt or whatever to to bring it all to the surface so that it was time to finally deal with it all, to, to
1: finally come to a healing place. It is so crazy that you say that, but a hundred percent. Yes. And I'm very spiritual. I mean, I believe in God. I think that God got me through whatever people believe, whatever it is. I always respect that. But for me, Um, my spirituality, you know, my angels, whoever it be helped me get through this horrific Mm -hmm. experience. And I'm still struggling with it, to be honest. And it's been several years. Um, but I do think, you know, it happened for a reason like everything does, but this happened for a reason, which it was like the worst pain, like the worst agony yes. that I can ever explain to anyone. I wouldn't wish this. I actually, when I'm angry, I would wish it upon the queen of all Karens and some of the women that have been so mean, but I wouldn't really wish it on them because I don't, I it's such horrible pain that it's like, I don't want to see somebody else t- like want to take their own life. If that makes right. sense, but what I learned from it was, I'm gonna pick myself up, and I'm gonna become a better person. Yeah, that's what I learned from it. And honestly, I'm not perfect. I'm so heavily flawed. Believe me, like at, we all are, but I'm know for a fact. I can look in the mirror every night and be like. I like you a lot more than I did a couple years ago. I don't like love you yet. Like we still have some work to do, but I really like you. And I know that you're trying. And I couldn't say that a couple years ago. I was kind of like a mean girl. I was in this like clique of like old lady moms that thought they were cool. And, you know, like everyone would go to dinner and talk crap about the other person. And I would kind of put my head on the pillow at night and go, that wasn't very nice. What I said about so-and-so tonight. So, yeah. you know it changed me. I think really it was, it was for the better, even though it sucked going yes. through it.
0: Oh, yeah. Girl, I swear. Like, I'm just like, so you just see me, he's sitting here shaking my head yeah. because I so get it. Like it, it, it rocks your world yeah. and just turns it upside down. But yes, I, I know I, the reason I asked that question was because I know for me, once I got through that Just the heartache. I'm not kidding. I cried nonstop for a year. Like it was so hard. And once I finally got over that hurdle, (laughs) I mean, and it took a while. Yeah, like I took a step back and said, "Oh, this totally needed to happen." I I now get that. (laughs) As hard as it was,
1: Yeah. um, yeah. But a shift, a shift then occurred. Yeah. And I think too, that women like can be so nurturing and loving to each other and so wonderful in so many ways, right? There's been so many women in my life, like Julie, my best friend that passed or, you know, my sisters or my best friends I've known my whole life, like since I was a kid or my college friends, there's so many women that have like I've encountered in my life that are like, I love you. You're great. You're funny. You're this, you're that. And they're like, you're just the way you are and vice versa. And that's what like being a true friend is. It doesn't mean we're not going to fight and not get along all the time or not think one's annoying on a trip, on a road trip or something. But to be, to like, to be a woman is really hard because women can be so jealous and so mean, so cruel. You know, and, and the thing with my friend breakup is I'll never have a why I'll never have a why. It sounds like you won't have a why either. And you just kind of have to get to a place where you have to be like, I'm never going to have a why I'm never going to understand why you did this. And when I say you, it's because I've spent years being like, well, what did I do in this? Why did this happen? And I didn't do anything. And that's the thing that sucks is I did not deserve the treatment. I don't deserve the way that people treated me afterwards. And that's, I think, what the pain, what the real pain is, is just not having a why. Whereas when somebody dies or you said you were robbed or you went through alcohol, like a parent that was an alcoholic, you have a why you don't have a why when somebody just that you trust it with your whole being just goes, I'm done, you know, that's hard. And especially when you're somebody that already has like trauma, you know, trauma, people that are survivors of trauma tend to have abandonment issues. And mine were huge. So like, maybe if I wasn't the person that I am, and I didn't have the abandonment issues, I could have just walked away and been like, screw her and just shut up and not told people how much she hurt me, you know?
0: Yes. Right. Oh, they're so powerful. And what a great message because, like you said, there are so many people tuning in right now and listening to this who are shaking their head and probably tears in their eyes and saying, Oh my gosh, somebody gets me. Like I've had this too.
1: Yeah. 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 Very, very it's not powerful. Fun. <laughs> no.
0: Not fun. Oh my goodness gracious. I guess just, you know, putting our truths out there and what an impact. So I think your show, I mean, I'm guessing is so impactful and why you're having such success with it is the fact that you, you're putting those truths out there. And, and now do you put healing strategies out as well?
1: And, um, I don't think so. I don't think I really give strategies. I think like 95. So I'm, I'm almost at, I'm, I think I'm in almost at 90. So I've done 90 podcasts. Um, I think that I, don't get, I, well, I do. Cause I always think I'm like, you know, going to give some advice on something. I don't give strategies. It's more that I just talk about the fact that we all are here for such a short period of time. Right. And my, the whole point of why I started it was to be like, I can't be alone. There's other trauma survivors. Like people went, people go through loss, they go through grief, they go through friend breakups, they go through a breakup of a husband, they go through divorce, they go through it's, and you never really know what somebody's going through. So I felt like a calling almost to do this because I was so, I was creative my whole life. Like that's kind of why I ended up starting it. Um, I was an actress when I was young and a singer. And I was in therapy and I adore my therapist. And she's, um, she was like, Megan, you've been creative your whole life. You need to be creative again. You need to like do something. And I literally, I didn't even know what a podcast was. No, I mean, I did, but I was like, they're so, like, I didn't understand what they were really, except that I had a friend that had one. And I was like, I'm going to start a pot. Like I had been writing ideas and all this stuff. And she was like, you should start a podcast. Cause I always was like, I mean, I thought it was pretty funny and I, I do think I'm pretty funny. Um, so I was like, I'm going to use my humor and tell stories about me just being an idiot because I am, I'm constantly like the, I'm like, I'm a mom of two little girls and I'm like, can't craft. I can't cook. (laughs) I'm constantly like running. I was joking that I would run over cones at carpool. So I always start the episodes about like something I did that was probably pretty ridiculous, and then I go into the stories of people like whether it be, you know, somebody that was trapped in the burning twin towers, you know, rescuing um, Wilhamino, who I'm thinking of September 11th because it just passed, but you know he lived his life in service was a Port Authority police officer, rescued you know, went into those twin towers knowing that a plane had crashed and was trapped under the rubble for 13 hours. Like, how do you, how do you go on? I had to get to the bottom of like really how people go on, you know, or you with your own story, which I know you're going to come on my podcast, but you know, how do you go, how do you go on after you were robbed? And how do you go on after all these things? I, I had to do this. It was like my calling, if that makes sense. Probably yeah. like you. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, for sure. And I laughed when you said about the podcast, because when I started this, it was with a therapist friend and she was in her twenties and I was in my forties. And she said, we should totally start a podcast. And I was like, awesome. What's a podcast. <laughs> Cause I, like, yeah. I have no
1: idea. What is it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's also weird. Cause you're like, I'm in this, like, bu- I'm in this, like, I, sh- I record mine at home. I now push mine to YouTube. I usually have no makeup on and I like look atrocious, but I'm like, I don't even care. Right. So I do them from my bedroom. And like I said, like you, my dog comes in and it's a weird thing. Cause you're like, I'm by myself. I know that people are listening to me. We just talked about this before we recorded. And I'm just going to like spill my guts. And I have no idea when I'm walking down the street, like what people know, or if they know my story or they just aren't saying anything. It's very strange, right? Yes. Just knowing that people know all about you and you don't know in what part of the world they're listening, where you look at the numbers and you're like, oh, they're in Australia. It's very strange. It's a very strange feeling, but I love it. I yeah. so get it too.
0: I, I said it recently to somebody that I was looking at like top 10 countries and Denmark had popped in. And I thought, mm-hmm. oh my, to me, I just, I think it's the coolest thing, but yes, just so crazy to think about like someone sitting down with their cup of warm, you know, warm ginger tea under a blankie with their headphones on listening yeah. to me talk like
1: what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like, part of me is like, you know, like, that's amazing. And then I sometimes I'm like, who are you? Will you please call me? Not call me, yeah. but like, yeah, will you please message me? Because I want to know who you are and why you're listening. It's a very strange thing. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't know what a podcast was either. Oh, <laughs> I love it.
0: That's so awesome. Like we have, we have some serious soul sister connections. We totally here, do. So. Yes. Yes. And I love it. I love it too. That's really cool. So is there anything in particular that you wanted to talk about, uh, on the show today?
1: Um, well, I mean, I really am. Um, it's, it's, um, suicide prevention month. So September suicide prevention month, I've share my story of how I did not want to be on this planet anymore. I'm very open about it. Um, and I do that because I want people to know that it can get so bad that, um, you don't want to go on. And, you know, I went through a period, I would say it was a solid six months of my life where I would have these horrific, um, panic attacks and I would wake up and I describe them as kind of like, a machine kind of breaking down or like a refrigerator where, you know, like a refrigerator goes, and then it starts back up like old school refrigerators. And I would have that happen to me every night. And I thought I was dying. Like I couldn't breathe. And then I would be up for hours and I would think about how I was going to leave the planet. And I couldn't stop thinking about it. It was a, it was almost like being in like, a prison in my own mind. Part of me was like you know thinking well you know my everyone would feel bad if i was gone. They would be the people that hurt me so much. They would finally like you know understand what they did to me. Like that whole thing in your head where you're like you know and then people would people would feel bad and then they would say they were sorry. You know it was like this i can't even really put no, it to
0: words. I totally get it. I, yeah, I do. I've and
1: then, and then I, I was in therapy, but I realized at one point I was like very anti-medication. I always kind of have been. And I realized I was like, I cannot live like this. Like I need to go on medication and it doesn't mean for I forever. Like I'm not on medication right now, but it was, it was the band-aid that I needed to be able to like, kind of pull myself out of like the hell that I was in. Cause it was like a living hell. So when I do my podcast or for this month, specifically the month of September, I just, you know, I, I really want people to understand that there's always hope. And I say to my listeners all the time, I had a guest a long time co- ago, come on. Um, and he said, he told me something and it's always stuck with me. He said, um, are a piece of the puzzle matters. Oh. Like you're a piece of the puzzle matters. You might not think you matter. It always makes me cry. You might not think that you matter, but you do matter. Like there's a reason why you're still on this planet and it's not, it's not up to you to take your own life, you know, because you, the world needs your, your puzzle piece. So I, I say that a lot to people. I just say, keep going. Like, you don't know what your days ahead, you, you haven't had your best day yet. Right. You know? So I try to like really be somebody that kind of shares my own story. So if there is like one listener out there, that's like at the point where they, where they were like me, maybe I can help dissuade them from not getting help, you know? Yes. I love the puzzle piece analogy.
0: That's very powerful. Too.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. His name was lucky. Lucky knew. He's oh. a great guy. Yeah. Oh. I love it. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. So how
0: do, how do folks connect with you? Where can
1: they find you and listen into your show? So P, you can find me on my website, um, Judging Megan, and and Megan is M-E-G-H-A-N because I'm Irish and I spell it the right way. Sorry <laughs> to all the Megans that don't. Um, so judgingmegan.com, or you can listen to my podcast on Apple, Spotify, my website, the all the, basically all the places you can stream, Amazon, every, You know, you can listen wherever I think okay. now. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram at judging Megan. So pretty simple. And I love when people reach out to me. So I don't, it, it makes me it like lights up my soul when people reach out to me. So I feel the same. I love it. I see an email. I'm like, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Cause you kind of are like that person in Bangladesh that's listening is finally reaching out. It's a good feeling. So, so yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today on the show and yeah, just uh, putting your truths out there. And I, again, I just think it, it just helps people not feel so alone and those soul connections happen and it's just such a beautiful gift. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us today on the healing place podcast. And remember until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today and remind you to visit my website as well as the Academy terrywellbrock.com for the courses but if you go to my website terrywellbrock.com you can sign up for my monthly hope for healing newsletter which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows Um, and just a great space for uh, thanks for again being here and being a part of this healing space i very much appreciate you all right bye-bye